I'll put guys outside your house. Bad boy, dip set, baby girl, get your lips wet. What it do? What it do, y'all? It's another episode of Chopper Suit Convo. Oh, shit. <laughs> I geeked it on accident, y'all. Don't worry about that. Chopper Suit Convos, we back. If you know whose lyrics those were that Jamal was saying, let us know. You get a free oversized blazer. Damn right. Steve Hardy, Steve Harvey signed it during the Kings of Comedy tour. You might get some NBA draft uh, day pants as well. 2003 edition. You know it. Come on. Darko Milicic. What's good, though, Jamal? How you living? Hey, man, living very productive, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I mean? Just deep into the music. Um, I taught myself some uh, a little bit of scripting and developing, um, you know what I'm saying? I have a, a career plan um, hoping to take fruition soon. So I had to, you know what I mean, read up on some stuff so I can talk that talk. But everything good, man. You know what I mean? Just trying to be the best me. How about you? I'm doing all right, but I just got traumatized. Um, one of my favorite IG honeys just got a boyfriend. I'm sick. Mm. Oh Lord. Well, at least she's not. Well, I'm not gonna say that, but yeah, tragically, she's not married and having kids. I mean, you're good till now. Yeah, we'll see. This guy looks dangerous. I need to. That's what I'm saying. I'm realizing this, Jamal, that the aesthetic of the swole defensive tackle that's in, and all I gotta do is lose some weight, and I can be in that class. Hey, man, lift some weights, and you can be in. Now nah, that that's true. Yeah. Yeah, man, because as we get older, we're 30 now. As we get older, our, our testosterone gets lower, but you can stop that by exercising and lifting weights. And what we'll, it'll just get harder and harder to develop muscle as we get older. Yeah, and listening to more gangster rap will help me too. How so, Sway? Well, you know, you need that aggression. That's why I've been promoting violence because we need that aggression. We need that testosterone pumping to make sure we keep our levels up and that, so that we don't get docile and sensitive, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Speaking of violence, I'm actually about to um, get back into boxing. I'm about to start training in a few weeks. Um, yeah, I got to get my hands right. You know what I mean? That's I just want to make sure I'm ready at all times and more ready than most. So if anybody try to play with me somewhere, I can mop, mop, mink, 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 mink. Yeah, me, I'm just going to put a flower pot on your head. I don't got time for all that movement. Dang, so you want, you like violence. Do you thrive off negativity? No, I'm a, I'm the prince of positivity, but sometimes you need to let people know where you're coming from because they think you soft because you're a nice guy. You treat people with respect and people will try to take advantage of that. And that's when you're going to have to flu flaming ops sometimes. Like Mike Tyson flew flam that white guy on the plane. Yeah, see, because he knows Mike Tyson has tried to change his life, be a positive player, but people try to test you. And that's another thing that goes into what we talked about last week. People's obsession with celebrities are weird. Like I even thought about it that after we finished talking, remember the time we were at Rolling Loud and we saw Kylo Quinn, mm -hmm. state legend, when he was the star basketball player at the school, I was there. I was there too. 
I, nah, you weren't there. You were at VCU by then. But oh, I, by the time you became a star? Because I was there when you went there. Yeah, but by the time, like, when we went to the NCAA tournament, you were at right. VCU, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So by the time, like, his senior year, I believe, was, like, my senior year. So I was back being the sports editor, and we talked before. We were cool. But me, it's like, I don't know. I just feel weird. Like, all right, <laughs> that brother is living his life. He's doing his thing. I don't want to walk up to him and bother him for what, a picture? I don't want a picture. I don't know. That stuff is just kind of weird to me. Yeah. But I, Alfred Payton was with him, too. Yeah. So it's like, let him kick it with his friends. I don't want to bother them. And I don't really care to bother them. They were like, right. They were sitting at the table right next to us. We yeah. were at. I wish I remember what it was called, but it was the last place Versace ate. I don't know which Versace it was, but um, the last place Versace ate before he got shot, he walked from this restaurant in Miami to his crib in Miami yeah. and got shot. And um, we were outside of there. And um, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I remember, I mean, I was like that when I saw Alan Iverson, but that was mainly because I didn't want him to like, I didn't want to get dissed by one of my yeah, by your, your heroes. <laughs> yeah, so he walked right past me. I didn't say one word. Like he was like, I could have like tapped him on his shoulder. I could have said like what's up or something at least, but I didn't want him to just like look at me or ignore me. That would have pissed me off. So I was like, I mean, that wouldn't have pissed me off, but I would have just thought like, dang, like the nigga Iverson just ignored me. But I was like, I'm gonna just leave him alone. I'm pretty good with that when it comes to celebrities. I don't I don't like to bother them as well. But you I mean, what about the time you were at the sneaker pimps joint? Like, didn't you get to get some backstage access and you got to take pictures with the clips and do some cool stuff like that right how did you approach them yeah um they was just cool like they was where we were at in the backstage they had to pass through so i met j cole this is 2009 i met j cole he was so down to earth like yeah. you know what i'm saying chris even gave him his uh like he he uh i'm trying to think who's gave whose phone yeah chris gave him his phone he put his number in chris phone everything like he was very very approachable and cool yeah. clips they were passing through i was like yo malice you, you mind if i get a picture he was like yeah man of course like, push it to you like, yo you mind if i get a picture yeah of course now while a i didn't say nothing to him because well even back then you knew <laughs> he was moody yeah i already knew better you know <laughs> but that was your favorite artist at the time i would have stepped to him nah he was not really that approachable he was like so he wasn't in the right zone either or was he was sitting down on the step. I guess he was getting ready for a show, but he wasn't really amongst the people. Like, um, I don't know if you remember Uptown XO. He used to be on a lot of yeah, the yeah, yeah. He was real cool. Um, DJ Heat, legendary DJ. She DJs for the Wizards and the Mystics um, now, but she's been like a big staple in the DC uh, music scene for a decade at least. She's one of our dopest DJs. Um, she was in there. She's the reason why we got back there because Chris Word. knew DJ Heat. And then... um. It's a funny story. Uh, Pusha T was like preparing his rhymes, like mouth, like mumbling and like saying his rhymes under his breath before a show. And Chris kept like asking him questions. He's like, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. And Chris asked him something else. Yeah, yeah, man. And then Chris asked him something else. He said, yeah, yeah man, I'm trying to get ready, man. And he's like, oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just like a funny story. But um, yeah, man, you just got to know when to do it. Like, like when we saw Adrian Broner when he was staying in the same building at the Fountain Blue in Miami. Yeah, I wasn't in the hotel. I wasn't in the elevator with you. Yeah, you and um Josh got on the elevator right before me, and I heard Osei say, like, come on. I'm like, yo, yo. So I got <laughs> off. I didn't know what he was talking about, and I saw Adrian Brown. I'm like, oh, shit. 
And uh, he was actually cool because Osei messed my picture up. So we had to take like three of them joints. He was real cool about it. He, you know how you would you would assume Adrian Broner to be? He yeah, wasn't like that. Yeah. He was, he was, you can tell he's like a hood nigga for real, because and just like kind of um appreciates just people wanting to take pictures with him because he was just cool. Like, you know what I mean? He didn't give me no attitude, nothing. But I've met a good amount of celebrities, you know. Oh, yeah, Big G. That's the most down to earth nigga ever. Yeah. I actually I actually held him up a little bit. Backstage was calling him to the stage and we were at a photo booth and I didn't even get the picture from the guy taking the picture. I just used his background and my man's took a picture with his phone instead of paying. I was like, yo, G, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? I actually didn't care. I needed a picture with Big G because I already, you know, I, mean, I met Wale at this time at ODU in high school. That's when he was more approachable. Sneaker Pence was our senior year. I met Wale my junior year. Um, I've already like known and met Fat Trail. So Big G was like another like DC legend I wanted to like get on my list. So I was like, yo, G, like, can I take a picture? Like, can I get a picture real quick? They like, yo, G, come to the stage. G, come to the stage. He like, look at the stage. He like, all right, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Let's go, let's go. And he like took a picture with me. And then right after that, he ran to the stage and performed. That shit was tight. I was like, yo, this nigga Big G is the, one of the most down to earth niggas ever. Like he held up backyard band just to take a picture with me and he didn't hold him up that long but they were calling him a few times so i don't know i just had to get those out i'm gonna become a big and tall model by next summer watch out <laughs> but yeah shout out to big g man i fuck with big g heavy man yeah shout out to big g man he's a legend in many games thank you john remember that oh yeah when uh john wall made that <laughs> oh brooke lopez just tried to I'm sorry, but when John Wall made that uh, game-winning shot and he said, this is my city, they needed that. Thanks, John. Like, thank you, man. Like, give us something. Be a legend. Be be legendary. Give us a star. You know, DC don't got stars. <laughs> yeah. Like, at all. Who would you say was the last biggest D, uh, DC star minus baseball and hockey? Uh, John Wall in RG3. Ugh. Because if you want to say hockey, we got Ovi. Yeah, future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time. And then in baseball, we had uh, the young homie Juan Soto, the Don. Yeah, and we had um Bryce. Yeah, Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg. Scherzer wasn't a star. Nah, he was nice too. The other pitcher, yeah, he was nice too. So Juan Soto is really that dude like that. Yeah, he's the man. He's the Dominican Ted Williams. So he's like a top baseball player in the league. Yes, he's a prodigy. He's one of the greatest we've ever seen already for his age group. What he's done in the MLB at his age is already going to put him on. He's already on a Hall of Fame trajectory if he doesn't get hurt. He's going to the Hall of Fame. That's Damn. how productive he is, yeah. I wonder if the Nationals have always had the same GM. Uh, they had him for a while. Now they allegedly trying to sell the team and stuff. So we'll see what happens with that. Because they draft well, it seems. I mean. Or trade or whatever the hell they do. Because they be having some players. Like, they're a young team. And they, they, they've done work to be a young team. They're almost like the D.C. version of, like, the Ravens for baseball. Mm, they don't go to the playoffs as consistently, but I hear you. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. To be a young organization and be pretty successful, have a World Series, have some good 
um, players like Bryce Harper and Juan Soto and them, and the Orioles just be sitting there. Yeah, they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I thought they were like a legendary team. They were my squad when I was young, but whatever. Yeah, it's all good. But before we get into it, do you have any retractions? Um, You know, I don't really focus on the negative things in life. That's a good way to put it. I got a few. I got to apologize, y'all. When we get in a better production, I'm going to have a theme song for my retractions because I'm deeply sorry and I apologize. I wish it could be the Curb song. Uh, nah, that's killer clown music. I need something more R&B, more smooth. Mm, like Kevin Samuels' intro song? Nah, that's like, I need like Quiet Storm player stuff. Oh, okay. I got you. But I, I got to apologize to the Black community. <laughs> Because my homies were getting mad. <laughs> Why could you say we don't read and shit? Yeah, and I said, hey, man, I've been hanging out with too many goons. And they were saying the only time they was reading was when they was locked, but they enjoyed books when they were in there. But I do know people that read. I know people that write. So, hey, I saw, I'm sorry. I don't want to put the whole Black community down because in case you didn't know, I am a Black man. I'm proud. Maybe some people say you're not Black. You're African. I don't know. I don't care about those people. I love them too. But I apologize. And starting on Saturday, which was World Book Day, I'm writing every day an article on my website, doyanwave.com for a year. I'm dedicating myself to writing because as a journalist, my job is to write. And I don't eat if people don't read. So I'm going to make it my initiative to make reading cool. What other apologies I got? Let me see. So when you have kids, are you going to make them read like three books a summer? Three books? A book a month? What are you talking about? The summer is only like three months. Yeah, so a book a month. Okay. Um. What else? Oh, yeah. Osei brought this up. Shout out to Osei. We Shout out to Osei. I was supposed to bring him on the last day of the day, but he had to make a move for Fufu. That's another story for another day. Um, yeah, y'all be making big moves for the food and shit, and uh, niggas like me be like left out all the time. Hey, man, it's, it's, not, our fault. it's not our fault you got a day job. It's all good, though. I'm going to pull up on y'all niggas one day. Y'all going to get You pulled up and the, the jollof wasn't there. It was there the next day. <laughs> I said it. Go ahead. Hey, continue. But yeah, I got to apologize to uh black producers <laughs> because on <laughs> on the larry june and jay worthy uh conversation on two peas in a pod and i talked about how white producers do it for the art and black producers do it for the money that's wrong because we all know producers only play the beats the artists have to pick them so if you're working with artists that don't want to use samples because they don't want to clear it and pay for it that's not the producer's fault so I can't blame Black producers for not sampling when we know, of course, Black producers sample. They do it all the time. It all depends on if you're working with artists that want to sample it. So I apologize for that. What else? Oh, yeah. One, this is the, the last apology will segue into our conversation, one of our conversations. I'm sorry, Pharrell. I don't know why I called you a disco brother. And a <laughs> I know, of course, music, when you're in the major leagues, you want to make digestible music for everyone to try to enjoy in all walks of life. 
and Pharrell has been good at that for many decades. Did the Dope House have a line? I'm sure <laughs> it's not that bad now that I listen to it <laughs> more. The Dope House had a line. They had it. Had it was there. So hey, Pharrell. I wonder, did the Dope House really have a line? Maybe they're talking about the '90s in Norfolk, but oh, I just wonder if the Dope House actually had a line. It's not New Jack City. It had a line. I believe it. And hey, let's just get into the podcast. Dope we are in the podcast getting to the topic of Pusha T's album. By the way, last week we talked about Best Rapper Alive and how it's fluid. Right now, Pusha T is the best rapper alive. How do you feel about that? Oh my goodness. Uh, um, hmm. Um, I can't give it to him because I feel like even though he did made a, an amazing album, his flows still they harness his skills man you're not that good if you just rap in like this slow ass cadence to me i'm sorry you don't have to rap like um fucking machine gun kelly twister or twister but if you just doing this and then doing that and i do 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 that do that it's just like i don't know man i don't know i just I think Kendrick's still the best rapper alive. Um, he hasn't put out an album in five years. He can be the best rapper in three weeks when he drops. And actually, no, I think Drake's the best rapper alive, man. Sorry. No. He is. What are you talking about? Like, just pure skill? Like, Because then it's probably not Pusher. He's the most successful rapper alive, but Drake has been getting out-rapped on his projects for a while. The last, What's the last great drake project it might have been views i don't think that matters for him it's always going to go up and that's the thing that's the point best rapper alive isn't about who sells the most records it's about who makes the best art for me it's about who is displaying consistency at a high level producing pushing yourself on this album it's almost dry push a t has elevated his rapping to another level He's elevated his flows, his cadences, his mm-hmm. melodies. Pharrell pushed him. That's why Pharrell talked about the thing about you want to be a mixtape rapper. Nah, push yourself. Yeah, you can always have the same content, but you can freak it in so many different ways. And he did it on this project. If you listen to how he raps on Brambleton, it's not mm-hmm. the same way as how he raps on Let the Shiners. Uh, let the smokers shine the coops or dreaming in the past or neck and wrist like he's really flipping flows yeah he really is I, that's, I definitely that's why him. like when you keep saying oh when you rap like this i'm like dang did he hear the album because nah, you're <laughs> now nah, you're right about that because bramilton like he had like a um certain like pattern and melody he was using and then like you said uh smokers shine the coops and even on neck and wrist um yeah hell yeah i think pharrell was kind of like with me like he was probably feeling how I felt. And I feel like, like you said, he did elevate his rapping and he has um, enhanced his rap ability. And I definitely think it has a lot to do with his charisma, his flows and his voice, um, how he was changed, using his voice as an instrument and getting like higher or lower on certain parts. So yeah, I agree with that. Pharrell said he made a push watch the Joker movie and he said, this is you, like, you're a villain, like, <laughs> you're a demon, <laughs> you need to watch this movie, like, because you saw the um, Dream Chance video or interview with Pharrell, I haven't watched it yet, 
but I remember you talked about a clip when Pharrell was saying that he likes rappers that are characters, that are personalities. So his challenge for Pusha was, hey, embrace being a supervillain, embrace being the ultimate bad guy of rap. The Joker is the ultimate bad guy in comic books. So that's why I even like it. Like this dude is 20 years plus into his career and he has new ad-libs. I love that laughing ad-lib. Me too. That makes, and Pharrell, last week or maybe we were talking in our text messages but you mentioned how you thought pharrell was doing the life and i was like nah that's pusha but i saw pharrell's interview with complex and he said he used that line like he used that uh laugh push did to accentuate certain bars to show how maniacal and dangerous he is like and i think uh pharrell was talking about one of his favorite lines was on on the album was on Let the Smokers Shine the Coops when uh, Push said, I might buy a bitch a Jeep. I'll make you lose your sleep. He was like, yeah, he's, he's crazy like that. He really means that stuff. But I like that. Like, the album is dope. Like, Brambleton, phenomenal. He talks about, you know, his former manager, homie, Jeezy, that became a federal informant. Tony. Yeah, you I know. I miss my Tony. Hope you snitches burn in hell. Yeah, and then he became a snitch. And then he also, funny? yeah, that's funny. And he also misses Sham, uh, mentioned shampoo. We miss you, shampoo. Yeah, yeah. Back when Pooh got hit, yeah, R.I.P. Shampoo. I yeah. love that about it as a Clips fan. It was like bringing like the old days kind of in there, and um, obviously going to Norfolk State. You know, what I mean, we basically lived on Bramleton, yeah. and um, I've had some moments on Bramleton that helped me become a man. You know what I'm saying? Like as well, niggas try to. Niggas who be standing outside the store, I feel like everybody, they try to try everybody at that 7-Eleven. Like, yes. niggas would try to check you or, like, say some shit. You had to, like, stick your chest out and stand your ground and shit at times. I learned, you know I mean? there was times when I was learning more about life at that 7-Eleven than I was in classes, okay? I saw a lot. I saw it all. I even saw one of my friends get called Redbone and he's a man. I remember a dude when I was walking up with uh, some girls, these niggas was hating like, hey, yo, why the fuck you with them? Blah, 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 blah. That's like, why, that's why, shout out Tim. That's why he got called Redbone because we was going to a function and Tim walked into 7-Eleven with some youngins and they said, one of the homies, one of the homies said, hey, Redbone, they with you? <laughs> Tim is the one from Norfolk, right? Nah, Tameskin, man. Oh, who's, what? oh, that's Howard I'm thinking about. Yeah, Houseski salute. I remember I seen Howard off Military Highway. Um, had he just looked like he had on a black Air Force outfit, <laughs> and he recognized me finally. He was like, "Oh, what's good, bro?" I was like, "Yeah, what's up? Yeah, man, it's it's me, man. What's good? Oh, it's <laughs> me. I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> it's, it's me. Like, what's up? I'm it's glad that's you, nigga. Like, I thought you were somebody else. That's what it. That's what it felt like. I was like, "Oh yeah. shit, Howard. Yeah, you know me, man. That's what's up." Shout out, Houseski. One time we were on Brambleton, walking from a house party back to uh, the uh, not the suites. We're going back to the towers. This freshman year, and some a car was driving slow. They blacked out the lights. They they drove down on us. It was me, by four, Howard. Things Zeke and maybe a couple other homies. And those brothers were about to rob us. 
But you know who they saw? Houseki. And Houseki's face card was so clean. They let us live. They say, hey, man, y'all should be safe out. Y'all better be safe out here. And we laugh like, nigga, y'all was about to rob us. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play uh, those games on that street at certain times. After, once it hit like 11, 12, I'm not, I'm not even going over there. Yeah. But hey, Bramilton, great intro. How do you feel about the intro? I love it. The B is dope. Um, I love him expressing his feelings about his old manager and standing his ground how he can't ever speak to him again and um just a dope production Pharrell did his thing and I like the why would I ever like it was just like he needs I like I just want him to work with Pharrell a little bit more like they do a lot with the music they don't he's not just rapping yeah and Pharrell also said he enjoyed working with Push this extensively again because he hadn't gotten to do dark production in a while Pharrell likes the darkness as well yeah, Bramilton's not even that dark. And Pharrell gives him a nice bop, as we will hear on more tracks. He gives him a good bop to have Let to the smokers, yeah, he does. Let the smokers shine the coops. Now go ahead and let the people know how you feel about that song. That beat is crazy. What I love about Pharrell producing this album, to me, he produced it as if he knows that Pusha works with Kanye. <laughs> to me, Pharrell's production was like influenced by Kanye's production. Like some of it has elements of stuff that Kanye uses, like, like let him, let him, let, let, let him. Like on a, you know how that voice is on, let him, uh, let the smoker shine the coops. That remind me of some stuff Kanye would do. And, um, but the bass on the second verse, like it just sounds like it turns your car's own bass up. Like it gets louder and like it's shit shaking. Like it gets like, like King Kong is walking. That's what the beat does. And um, that was just a, uh, like that's real art, like that beat. And then um the piano part of that song reminds me of um Cot Damn. Doom, 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 doom. It reminds me of like the piano on Cot Damn. Mm-hmm. So that excited me. Like I just it just this album just brought elements of like Lord Willen and yes. a little bit of uh, Hell Hath No Fury. Hell hath no hell hath no fury on steroids almost. These beats are stupid. Mm-hmm. That song is a masterpiece. I like how Pusha knows the beat is powerful and he needs to give it space to let it do his thing, but he sprinkles in like and I fuck like Pusha's tone and his voice and the inflections he uses, it's too good, man. That's why I said for me right now, he's the best rapper alive. When it comes to the art of rapping, he stepped it up another level. That's why, like, Drake is phenomenal, but Drake has not pushed himself to elevate as an artist because he always picks, for the most part, similar beats, similar patterns that he always does. That's why even um, on Pusha's Breakfast Club interview, when they asked him about the leak of the Jack Harlow song with Drake, he talked about, man, I'm not worried about that line. I'm not worried about what he said. And the flow sounds old because, yeah, Drake's been using that flow for a decade. <laughs> he doesn't switch up flows like he used to. He is stationary. Yeah, but, he really, he really, um, his opinion of that was very funny to me. He yeah. said it sounds old. <laughs> yeah. Sounds old. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, those flows, you still using that flow, boy? You still haven't worked on your craft to get better? 
to me, I might have missed a few things, but to me, pushes like punchlines or just it, it's not really complicated. It's like sh- kind of straightforward, but it's what he's saying that um, and, and in context of like the song and the subject, it's like what he's saying that hits so hard. And it's the way he's saying it. And because he is a rap, a rapidy rapper, and I mean that as a compliment that his words, when he says something, I want to look up what that means. I've been learning a lot through his raps. Like he put me on the different brands, put me on different watches, put me on they different put, street legends. Him and his brother put me on the Salvador Dali back in the days. Oh yeah, I remember you you've said that before. Yeah, I didn't know what that who let the smoke. Yeah, let the smokers shine the coops masterpiece. Track three, dreaming of the past, the first Kanye beat. Um I like it. Um, I love that sample. You know, that sample has been used in many movies. Um, Tomorrow's never here until it's too late. It was very open spaced. Um, What's that? Type of, What's tomorrow's never here? Well, something's never here until it's too late. What do they say? The tomorrow's song, never come. The song is called Jealous Guy by John Lennon, but that's Donny Hathaway's cover of the song. I don't know. Are you confusing it with like Otis Redding? It's too late. Hold on. What song? Hold on. What's the third one? Is that is not the is that not the one? Um, as we come up on it all, no, that's track five. Okay, never mind. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, dreaming of the past. Phenomenal. I love the beat. I like how Kanye realized, hey, this sample is too powerful. I don't even want to add drums and take away the essence because. Donny Hathaway is one of the best voices we ever had. He had a short, tragic career. It's unfortunate. I think there's a documentary about him recently called, yeah, Mr. Soul, a story about Donny Hathaway. I don't know where, what platform you could find it, but if you're a music lover, check it out. But I love the song. He goes in. Um, the Filthy Fellas is a podcast I like. They're based in the UK. They talk about soccer mostly. But one of the homies on the show, Specs, he talks about how he doesn't like loud vocal samples on songs because it sounds like you're arguing with the beat if you're a rapper. <laughs> but hey, the way Push weaved in and out of the sample was crazy. Even I like Ye's last four bars at the end. He went into, I kind of wish he had more bars. Like, I Same. I love I love Ye on the hook, and I like his verse at the end. It reminded me of like music, uh, healthy musically, uh, musical Ye sounded healthy musically. Yeah, he sounded good. Track four, Diet Coke, banger. That's my jam. How do you feel about it? You know, that was the first single of the album. Crap, crap, crap. Um, it's just a pretty cool song. Oh, my it's bad. Cool. I'm geeked. I'm looking at the wrong track list. Track four is Neck and Wrist, featuring the Jigga Man and Pharrell. That beat is foolish, bro. Yeah, Doorman 2.0, right? Yeah, that beat is crazy. Um, hold on, I want to go back to um, Dreaming of the Past. It's a dope beat. Um, it's not as dipsetty as the next, well, like later on um, <laughs> song, but it gives me like, um, kind of like dipsetty blueprint vibes. Um, I did notice that Kanye's production is kind of simple. It's very simple. It's more bare but, some, but sometimes simplicity is better. But um, Neck and Wrist, 
uh, it sounds like a music score, like you said. It's very, um, I don't even know the word I can use for, but it just sounds epic. I would say that. Because do you like, who do you think had the better verse on the song? Um, Jay-Z. Okay. You know, I'm not uh, so I said Pusha T, but Jay-Z does kill it. He goes in. I feel like Pusha was chilling. I don't. I think he was going in, and I like his flow. And even Jay Z had to use it a couple times because he was like, "Now nah, that flow is good. I need to use it too." Jay Z says something. I forgot what he had like a little double entendre. You know, he's the king of that. Yeah, he had a few on it. Yeah, that's when he probably said why. snob stories, and then he blew bird money Twitter feeds. Yeah, yeah Twitter cool. feed the Twitter feed line that was like kind of crazy. Yeah, he goes in. I mean, he's a rapping robot. That was kind of crazy, like the Twitter feed, like you know, like you call birds food, um, feed, and I was just like, oh, maybe this, this Birdman and he sold title to the former owner of Twitter, so yeah, he had a lot of double, triple, maybe even quadruple in Tundras. So that's the only reason why, you know, what I mean, and I can't, I gotta, I don't mean, I don't have to, but maybe we should stop thinking that somebody's better just because they can do that. That's um, you though. I said I like Pusha's verse more. I'm not I'm not a rap fan that likes using English literary devices tools to say who's a better rapper. That's right. a, that's a you guys real lyricist because you know me. I think I can't remember lyrics. I'm you listening to the beat only. No, it's not even that. It's just I think there's just something in my mind or my brain that it doesn't allow me to compute other people's words and memorize it. Like even so when, when we were younger and we had to like memorize speeches for like different classes, I couldn't do that. So when you hear lyrics, the computers aren't putin' for you? Yeah, it, it doesn't compute to memorize it. It computes to hear what they saying in the moment. But when it goes back to, oh, you remember what this verse, like, you know how people can rap verse for verse and stuff. I can't do that. So what do you think, uh, just on a side note, what do you think Cameron meant when he said he keeps the computers putin? I think he, kept, he meant that he's operating the systems at all times. He's the functioning tool, mm. making these things wow. go. Yeah, I didn't realize he was it's saying like that. I didn't realize he was saying he keeps the computers computing. Yeah. Because he, he just says putin. So. Yeah, he keeps an emotion. Mm, so I like that. I mean, that's that's the type of man I am. I'm a simple man when it <laughs> comes to wordplay. I like straight to the point. I like humor, wittiness, creativity, wordplay. But Jay-Z, Lupe, um, Andre 3000, those guys that are dense rhymers, and you have to look at the, that's dope too. All that is just dope because it's all different ways to write. So it's beautiful. But yeah, Jay-Z definitely kills it. Pharrell, the dope has how to had a line. I bet it did. I'm not even mad at that no more. That beats too jiggy. Great song. Now we can go into your jam. Ju just so you remember, that is like, Jed is like another bare bones beat. Like you said, Kanye, he was like giving space for, while, while it seemed like Pharrell was giving him the fullest beats to paint pictures, it mm -hmm. felt like Kanye was giving him more bare bones beats so Pusha could be menacing. Because mm. on Just So You Remember, that's one of the 
most gangster Pusha T has ever been. The conviction of his voice. Just so you remember. Yeah, yeah he was Yeah, he was going in like that was like if there was a if this joint was a movie and it was like at the origin story of when he became a gangster, this song would be playing at the time when he goes dark to the dark side. And he's like standing in the uh back of cars opening trunks in the desert and stuff. Yeah, dumping bodies. Or looking at work and making uh, business deals. Yeah, man, that song is dope, man. And it's also produced by Books the Beast, which is one of Kanye's young homies from Chicago and FNZ. And I, I should also say that Let the Smokers Shine the Coops was co-produced by another homie named OG Volta. So salute to those brothers. So that sample, who's that sample? Just so you remember... Cause that's a very popular sample like everybody's heard that song hmm that's a good question i don't see it here on the wikipedia that's the intro song on um fast and the furious 3 tokyo drift it is yeah. that's my favorite fast and the furious but i don't remember it when he's walking into school in the parking lot and he's like mm-hmm. country kid yeah they're playing I watched that. that on hbo max i want to watch that again that's my shit that's my favorite one too that's the last yeah. one i watched i never seen none of the new ones yeah me neither but um, that's a very classic sample. Yeah, man. All right, let's go. Now we can go into track six, Diet Coke, the first single. I love it. Co-produced with uh, Kanye and 88 Keys. Shout out 88 Keys. Death of Adam, one of my favorite albums ever. It was a dope first single. I like the song. It, it even works better in the context of the album, especially mm-hmm. after Just So You Remember. It's basically like, just so you remember, I'm still selling crack. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like um, with the album having songs like Brambleton and um, what we're talking about later, like I Pray For You. I feel like Diet Coke is like when the drug dealers at the nightclub having fun, spending his money, not necessarily having to watch his back or feel the betrayal of friends or duck the police like you know how like paid and full has its ups and downs yeah I feel like diet coke is like when they're at the club and shit for sure and the video of you know kanye dancing and getting his yay bop on that makes it even better too yeah that's make and, it seem like it is a dope boy dance song <laughs> and speaking of him doing his diddy bop did you see uh diddy talking about um just so you remember he was like magnifique magnifique Nah, I didn't see that. Was he talking about the album on his IG? Yeah, the album. And he was playing Just So You Remember bobbing his head. Word. Like, this is art. Support it. This is beautiful. And that's when Pusha wrote like a little uh, soliloquy and saying that, um, yo, like everything I do is like, you know what I mean? Inspired like, by, P- by Puff and his movement. Yeah, and saying, you know, I'm trying to, I've been trying to copy Biggie. And it's funny. He does a lot on this. Not not only that, not only that, though, he does Mace a lot, too. He sounds like Mace a lot. Yeah, he does that a couple times, especially on uh, Call My Bluff, which the video for that dropped today, too. Yeah, I saw that. And, um, but yeah, he sounds like Mace a lot to me. And his flow was like Biggie's, but his voice to me is like Mace. Nah, I mean, he does, for me, he tries to emulate the Biggie flow and voice sometimes, like, he does it a couple, he does it a little bit on Brambleton, he does it a little bit on Let the Smokers Shine the Coops, and on, on Diet Coke, he does it too, when he does the 
crescendo endo something pretendo crescendo like, yeah yeah that's his biggie stuff like trying to shake shift the voice and be an instrument like that joint is hard it took me a minute to re- to notice his biggie flow i noticed his biggie flow when he said um Puppets on the string like a yo-yo, bouncing like a pogo. They playing, I never go solo. And then when he was like, um, what was the other song on that album? Um, I philosophize about Glock. Yeah, he started doing it on Hell Half No Fury, yeah. Niggas call me Young Black Socrates. What's the yeah. Like, that's when I noticed, like, yo, this dude is, he's basically like Biggie, like. Why like, do you think I'm such a big fan of Pusha T for a long time? Because I realized he was a Biggie stand too. Yeah, that's true. I still miss it from ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard. Oh, yeah, that's masterpiece. And we're going to talk about that song also on the outro because he mentioned, bitch, I shot grinding in my mama's mama's projects. That's one of the hardest lines ever for me. That's tight. He's showing like, nigga, like my mama's mama was in the projects. Yeah, I'm, my family's from Norfolk. Like, we, been... don't really, we don't really, we don't come from money. Yeah. There's, there's a long line of, us not coming from money and I'm the difference. Yeah, even you can say his family is the difference, like his parents being able to move from the hood. Remember, his mom is originally from Norfolk. I think his dad is originally from New York. That's why Bronx. they were born in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. But then eventually they moved back down to Virginia. But I think because his mom and dad were doing well, they were able to move to Virginia Beach. So it's like his family was the first one to like, all right, let's, you know, move to the suburbs, so to speak. But we're always going to be around our family in the hood because it's only 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away at the most. And rest in peace to both of his parents. For sure. Tracks. Um, oh, you got more to say about Diet Coke or? No, nah, I, was, I was basically on the same thing you was on just now. Yeah, but track seven, Rock and Roll featuring Ye and Kid Cudi. Produced by Kanye, Pharrell, and OG Volta again. Kanye had the sample of Beyonce one plus one. He couldn't find the right drums, so he asked Pharrell, hey, you got some drums you want to add on this? The beat is hard. I love Pusha's verses on it. I kind of hear a little Biggie stuff on there, too. My son's a work of art. His father's like Shakespeare. Something, something. I hear Cameron and Jay-Z's flow. Mm. like um like how when jay-z said um i'm like a dog i never speak but, but i understand like he kind of did like that kind of see i remember that because you know why it's simple right i remember that line because that line is hard that's on never change right yeah and this who's also produced by kanye never change exactly one of the greatest songs ever see i'm not a jay-z fan but i know greatness when i hear it. that man is a master but and this song is what I call the Dipset song. Because mm, of, of because of how Kanye flipped the sample. Yeah, the chipmunk sample. But it also gives me blueprint feelings, just like Never Change. And I've always felt like when I would listen to Never Change, I was always mad that Cameron didn't have a verse on that. Because <laughs> he would have killed that. But oh, um, How do you feel about Cuddy. the kid Cuddy hook? I knew it. Uh, it was kind of ugly at first, but I like it as the song yeah, goes I don't on. Mind it, now. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, and I remember Pusha said Cuddy cut like four or five different takes on the hook, and that's the one they picked. It's not that bad at first. I was hating on it, 
but it was not bad. How do you feel about Kanye's verse? I love his feature verse. Whoa. He kills it. You hear his voice? He made his voice raspy. You can it tell. Kind of Zordon. You could tell. Yeah, Zordon is Zordon. You can tell Future when he made that <laughs> reference track. His voice was all like, you know, how Future's Whoa. voice be real scratchy and shit. Kanye's voice was doing that, like, like that and kind I, of stuff. And I like the line when he said, um, love my mama, but sometimes my dad was right because, you know, we all know Rest in peace, Dr. Don DeWest. Kanye was the only child. He lived with his mom, but he still had his dad in his life. But, you know, he lived with his mom most of the time, so he was closer to his mom, which is understandable. But it was cool to hear him growing up and realize, hey, as a man, when you realize, when you get in relationships, you can see, oh, maybe my dad had a point here, but, you know, the like, you know, but when you're a kid, you're always going to side with your mom or whatever. But I like that just in that little bar, you can hear about, oh, yeah, because he is also, you know, his parents divorced when he was a kid. Unfortunately, he got divorced recently. So I think maybe he's seeing parallels on how things can fall apart. So that was deep. I liked his part, too. At first, I used to hate on it because I was like, eh, what are you trying to do? But then I realized, damn, this nigga is doing the Zordon flow. And only Future can write those um, upset relationship bars. Yeah, but hey, Future said in the GQ interview, I've written for Kanye before, but I don't get, I have, I wasn't put in the credits, but I'm not tripping because, hey, it's for the art. And, you know, Future and Drake are buddies, so maybe he can't have his name on the credits of a Pusha T album <laughs> when Drake is on his album twice. We'll talk but, about his track list later. But I'm really willing to like kind of bet that future has something to do with that verse. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Track eight, call my bluff. Beautiful, beautiful piece. Epic. Sounds like a movie. It the does. noises in the background remind me of like yeah. um eight oh eights and heartbreak. The 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 uh, uh, it yeah. like birds, it sounded like birds calling it. So it made me think, oh, birds is is that, is that the bricks cooking up? And even like the do 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 do, it's mm. kind of like a carnival at first. Yeah, it does sound like a carnival, like a ring with the ringmaster. Yeah, and then the then the bass drops. But why is Pharrell so good at his drums? I don't, because he played drums. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot he did. That's I'm, his main instrument. Yeah, I'm tweaked. I forgot. And Chad was on the keys, right? Or it's Chad sax. saxophone? Yeah, in the band. But yeah, Chad can also play the keys, I think. Yeah, he does. But um. Yeah, Pharrell knows how to make the beat sound menacing, but he gives it a bop still. Like you can tell he's from the South. Yeah. And it's funny too, like how on rock and roll, Kanye asks Pharrell, hey man, can you put some drums on this? Cause boy, you way better at drums than me. And it's even tight that hey, one of the masterpieces of all time. What happened to that boy? Neptunes, but they said, hey man, he fresh. We need your drums, loved one. So uh, I, I, I like so. it that huh? I thought so. I didn't I never really knew that, but I was wondering where that bop came from. But that was those drums. Yeah, that was Manny Fresh. Yeah. Damn, I wish they could have produced a couple more songs. Yeah, that would have been beautiful, but Birdman didn't want to pay niggas. So that's one of the best beats ever. It is. Like girls like that song. As they should. I'm listening to that after this. It's my shit. Bird, man, motherfucker, fucker.
did Gilly the Kid write his verse? That's a thing going around on Twitter today. Right, whose verse? Birdie. Who cares? Somebody wrote it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm asking specifically, was it Gilly? Because, you know, he was a cash money soldier at the nah, time. he didn't write that because Gilly was better than that, even though I love his verse. Boss of the ghetto with the round shaped cookies. He ain't, Gilly can't do that. They... <laughs> But he's Gilly from- does Gilly does the um bottom of the map type shit. Mm. I, I forgot how I'm about to listen to that too. Remember that beat was stupid. Yeah, bottom of the map. Bottom of the map. Yeah, man, I miss those beats. Damn. <laughs> and it's funny that's an era when like people were kind of nervous of Cash Money because Juvie, everybody left, but they mm-hmm. they really uh reinvented themselves. Yeah, well. Wayne carried the, the dynasty on. But back to Call My Bluff. Phenomenal song. I haven't seen the video yet. Have you? Yeah, um, I've seen it today. How, how was it? How would you describe it? Um, does it make the song better in a way? Or does it does it fit the vibe of the song? It's very yeah, it does. It's very um um cinematic. Um it fits the vibe because the beat matches like him being in the environment that he's in and the fact that he's the fact that he's in that environment like the beat just makes you like like what's going on here why is he in this place like you know i mean it it matches to me okay so let's move on scrape it off featuring uzi and don tolliver by the way called my bluff produced by pharrell scrape it off produced by pharrell for me, this is the weakest song on the album. But I agree. But I like Pusha's verse. Pusha's goes off. I like I Don like, Tolliver. I feel like that was just a generic hook. I, I, I wrote this after after party. I love Don Tolliver, so I love it. I like him more on the song than Uzi. Yeah, Uzi, I mean, man, he, he was okay. He tried his best, but yeah. That Don Tolliver is just that dude to me. Like I love that Don Tolliver. Like that's the I don't Don, know, man. Don Tolliver. Used, I like. He used to be my man on Donnie Womack, but I don't. His new music doesn't connect to me as much. But he is still good. But I don't know. I think that's just a problem. Sometimes when you listen to artists right before they go to the mainstream, you always want that original sound but they chasing something else they have bigger goals so i'm not mad at his evolution but yeah the hook was okay you can just tell pharrell was like you gonna have something that sounds like a single nigga like yeah you're gonna have to have something that can get played on a black tv show like bel-air and that kids will have to like because uzi's on it but yeah and Yeah, it's the weakest song, but um, as you said, though, I didn't really like Don's last album as much, but I like, to me, this isn't like the Don Tolliver, that's the music that he makes on his last album. This is more like Heaven and Hell Don Tolliver True. to me. How do you, see, you, 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 you reminded me that Drake calls himself the boy. Do you think that Pusha and Pharrell saying my boy, were they talking about Drake? Because it kind of feels like it when he said, yeah, if you send any shots, make it direct, my boy. Something, something. You want to check, my boy. You acting like you a gangster. Come and check, my boy. Hmm. I feel like that was him calling out Drake. Like, hey, if you still want to beef, say my name. Don't be subliminally talking about all these plug talk coming from middlemen. 
And even Pharrell, I said Pharrell, Push had a line on the album when he said, uh, millionaires were made out of middlemen. He was like saying like, yeah. Yeah. Like, boy, if you know the dope game, you know how many niggas that are middlemen and eat? Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought that was interesting because the middleman line came out very right before the album. It was almost as if Drake was like, you can't respond to this. Your album's already turned in. <laughs> yeah, in today's era where you don't have to worry about pressing CDs or vinyls, hey, you can record to the day of. Yeah, I just think that Drake um, obviously probably was old, but he just needs to sit this one out, man. Yeah, he lost the battle, and you can't rap better than Pusha T if you're going to keep doing the same flow over and over. And it's like, he's probably he's probably weirded out by it, because it's like, I beat all the other old guys who can't sell, <laughs> who can't sell as much as me. How come this one, but it's because he's artsier than you. Yeah, and he's the super villain of rap. And he's artsy, and Pharrell... It's this man, you can't get no Pharrell stuff, but unless you work with Brent Fires. Well, that's the thing. Pusha is the super villain of rap. He won the battle because he went to a place most people wouldn't go by revealing the child, by dissing uh, Drake's Producing. parents' relationship and how how their relationship fumble affected him and how he's having kids with a woman like his baby mom, no disrespect, who, you know, is a video girl and used to do porn or whatever. Soft porn, just more yeah. like showing her body. Yeah, so he was, the way he connected that, he even dissed 40. Like, he just went the dark man, like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna muck this up because Drake's dubby freestyle was probably better lyrically. Flow-wise, just because yeah. he was da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, he was waking it up. But it wasn't saying, well, besides when he said, I'll never have a Virgil on my circle who hold him back because he makes me nervous. Yeah, like that. but that's the thing. He's dissing yay more than push. So, and, um, so but yeah, um, I the reason why Scrape It Off is passable is because Pusha goes off on his verse. And I like Pharrell ad-libbing his verse too. And speaking of how Pusha went dark on the diss to Drake, Pusha is from the 90s, essentially, so... Yeah, not essentially, he is. I remember his first single, The Funeral. That's 98, 99. Right, so he dissed him in 90s fashion, like, going all in, nigga, like, Tupac style. And I love that he mentioned Two Martyrs. I think he was talking about Tupac and Biggie. Of course. And then he said we was copping Biggie's, but we was riding on some Tupac shit. Yeah, that was hard, too. Yeah, uh, he said that on... uh, That was on Brambleton, yeah. Track 10, Hear Me Clearly, from the Nego album, it was supposed to have a different twist because on Nego's album was just supposed to be, or supposed to have the two Push verses. On this version, on Pusha's album, Nas's verse was supposed to be there, but that brother never turned it in. Man, we would have got like 01 Nas on there. Yeah, but hey. The former best rapper alive didn't want to compete with the new best rapper alive. So it is what it is. But I love the song. Great record. If you never saw the video, check it out. Pusha, you know, plays that character of being the super villain. It's a great song. How do you f- This one is produced by Bugs the Beast, Kanye, and co-produced by Luca Stars and additional production by The Mind. How do you feel about this joint? I feel like this is another one of the super villain songs that are fire. It gives, 
it gives me um Wu Tang vibes. I wish Raekwon I see or, that. or Ghost could have got on this. It might I could be like Wu Tang type stuff. And um, Kanye is really in his '90s New York uh street rap vibes on this album. Like even Diet Coke sound like some something Prodigy or some would have rapped on like some Alchemist kind of early Alchemist stuff. But this reminds me of like Wu Tang um style beats. And um, I like I like the song, and I like the line. Hear me uh, clearly, if y'all niggas fear me, just say y'all fear me. Fuck all these fairy tales. Stop. So that's a Jay Z line. Yeah, on the song Freemason, because Jay Z was tired of us calling him a Mason and saying he was a part of the Illuminati. So he was saying, if y'all are just scared, because I'm so successful, just say you're scared. Don't say I'm a part of the Illuminati. Don't say mm-hmm. I'm a Mason. Fuck all these fairy tales. So I guess Push is using that to say like, fuck all that fake middleman talk. Fuck all that. All he raps about drugs and he's not really doing that type of shit. Like, just say you 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 speared a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, that is um, gangster, but I I love the song. Um, I just want to give you a little bit of breaking news, my brother. Elon Musk, you know the recent purchaser of Twitter, the white South African billionaire whose daddy made money off the apartheid, and you know he has racial discrimination issues with Tesla, but whatever. He said, next I'm buying Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in and Pusha T quote retweeted it with the eye emoji. He's looking in. He's like, let me do the commercial. Yeah, I need it. (laughs) But yeah, hear me clearly dope song. Um, What if Elon Musk tricks off his billion somehow? I don't think he will. These all can't be good investments. I don't think he minds when you have over when you're worth over 300 billion, <laughs> you get played with a lot of stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I feel really stupid. Like yeah, do you know, he, I bought, didn't, he bought Twitter for 44 billion. You think he's shook about that? I didn't realize it was 300 billion. Could have bought the NFL if you wanted or the NBA. <laughs> I didn't realize it was worth 300 billion. Mike. Yeah. Allegedly. Let's look, hold on. Let's see. Cause I've, I saw that before, you know, net worth is a fluid thing. Yeah. Now his net worth after the Twitter is two hundred sixty-four point six billion. Oh, he's not scared. That is ridiculous. We used to think Bill Gates and then was the man. Yeah, he's Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Oh, yeah. Bernard Arnault is on the list. Oh, come on, you know that. <laughs> I don't even know who that nigga is. I just know Kanye loves him. You and shout out to DeAndre Way. Soldier Boy taught me about Bernard Arnault when he made the Bernard Arnault mixtape. Oh, he's the chairman and executive of LVMH. Yeah. Hmm. I know who they are. Yes, you do. Track 11, Open Air, Masterpiece. I love this song. I love especially the second verse when Pharrell brings in that choir, that opera shit, making it sound like 90s bad boy when uh, they used to always add bigger sounds, especially like on Victory, when they would have the the opera shit when niggas going off open air goes in man i want to be on a i want to be on a yacht and listen to that soon open air is amazing especially like how the beat builds up and then with the like you said then the little whistle the little flute pharrell hey that's what i'm saying this battle pharrell Kanye does his thing, but Pharrell whoops his ass. This beat <laughs> sounds cold. Yeah, man. That's why I said I like had to go in the water to feel it. Sounds like you walking through a graveyard or some shit. 
like just sounds like you just pondering about your dark life that you live and it's kind of haunting you and um but yeah pharrell whoops kanye's like he makes kanye's beat sound lazy yeah it's the thing like kanye went on the bare bones approach minimal approach and pharrell went the opposite and just gave niggas full sonic pictures of brilliance I wish, hey, I wish Chad, like I told you, I didn't think Chad was going to be on this, and he's not. Mm-hmm. But, but Pharrell does this thing. He holds his own. And I love the laughs on this. <laughs> like the laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the... Like that part of the beat, like he's... Pharrell went crazy on this. Like he he um gained more respect from me. Because remember, I was hating on some of the uh, Nego stuff. I was thinking like, yeah. oh, man. I was getting like nervous and then this nigga just told me shut up and watch the goat. And um, yeah, Pharrell's added some more stuff for why he's my favorite artist of all time. And I love to say oh. that because- Oh, okay. Yeah, he's my favorite artist. And I say oh, that- Let's do the list right now, five to one. Can you do that? Mm. Hurry, right now, I'll give you time to think about it. I'll do mine. Because I feel like I have a new addition in my time. I'm saying artist, though. It's different from, like, like Tupac is probably my favorite rapper ever. Hey, whatever. Or else not on my favorite. He's not even on my top 10 favorite rappers list. Um, but he's my favorite artist because he produced a grinding beat. I love his N.E.R.D. stuff. I love his N.E.R.D. stuff. I love his raps. Hmm? I said, I'm just saying he did that stuff with Chad. Don't leave Chad out. Yeah, I'm not gonna leave Chad out. Him and the Neptunes produced the grinding beat. They did the fucking Britney Spears. I'm a slave beat. That's my shit. I don't care what nobody say. Um, the fucking everybody Gwen loves Stef- that song. The fucking Gwen Stefani beat. Um, I love his Gangsta Grills. I love um, in in my mind, I love him as a rapper. I love him as a producer. He's made some of my favorite beats. I love his group Nerd. He he has a hurry up and make your list. I don't know, man. He's just my favorite artist. I don't got no my damn list. Five, my top five favorite musical artists of all time. You can't tell me who your number one is. I want to hear the rest of it. Hey, so, man, it's a it's a complicated thing. Like he's the only one. I'll give you a week. You, I'll give you more time. You let us know your top five next week. I'll give you mine right now because I have a new entry in the top five, and it's because of this album. Number five, Pusha T slash the Clips. Slash re-up gang. Almost Slash terror. Yeah, man. Push a ton, Brick James. I have to put him up there. I used to have my my top four has been the same for almost 10 years. But number five has been fluid. Excuse me. It's times it used to be outcast. There was times it used to be Snoop Dogg. But now number five, push a T slash clips slash re-up gang whatever he's done even pharrell slash because pharrell was in the re-up gang and like we said push T and pharrell those brothers go together like white on rice like peanut butter and jelly they're perfect harmony like thongs in between ass cheeks yeah big booty ass cheeks especially no ass shots no bbls the real deal holy feel. nothing wrong with it. yeah nothing, nothing wrong with those but i like i like vegan asses me too. I'm not really a fan of the BBLs. Some ass shots ain't that bad, though. I feel you. Number four, Nas. Number three, Biggie. Number two, Yay. Number one, Future. 
albums, but Pusha T, this album is great. He's been a guy that I've loved since I first saw the funeral music video. I remember seeing that in Rap City all the time as a kid. I wonder if it was because I lived in Virginia, maybe that's why it was in the algorithm more, maybe it was just getting national rotation, but I've always fucked with them. I have that album that never came out, exclusive audio footage. I have all the clips albums, I bought them. I bought every Pusha T CD. I have the Re-Up Gang stuff. I even bought We Got It For Cheap Volume 3. That might be my favorite, even though Volume 2 is a superior album. Yeah, shout out Sandman, shout out Ab Liver, shout out Clint Sparks, Get Familiar. Shout out DJ Drama for making the third one against their grills. Isn't Clinton Sparks white too? Yes, he is. Mm, okay. And um, yeah, I push it T is now in my top five. Hi, but, um, but uh let's talk about the outro. I pray for you. Hold on, real quick before we go. The reason why this Pharrell, my favorite artist thing, you gotta understand when I say my uh, favorite I artist. I want to hear you can no. put on your diet No, This is real quick. Go this ahead. This thing I'm saying about Pharrell, it's its own category. No one else is in this category. No one else has BBC and ice cream. No one else has uh, a band. No one else produces some of the best beats of all time. No one else also raps cool either. And no one else has some of the coolest chains. Nobody else fits in this category. That's why he's my favorite artist. I'm not using it as like calling a rapper an artist. That's a whole different credit category when i say favorite rappers and so he's like your that. number one creative inspiration i mean i guess yeah i guess you could say that yeah that's yeah. what you're basically saying you're saying yeah. it's not about music it's everything he encapsulates yeah yeah you're right yeah for me my favorite creative inspirations real quick number one michael jordan my favorite athlete uh number two my favorite artist is kanye number three my favorite musician future my favorite comedian, number four, Dave Chappelle. And number five, my favorite filmmaker, Spike Lee. Those are my top five favorite creative inspirations, but Pharrell is definitely up there. For real, I could slide out Spike Lee and put Pharrell in there easily because Spike Lee is the man. He's definitely inspired me in a lot of ways, but just like you said, everything Pharrell has done and touched, even now having a festival, mm-hmm. like, continues just to, to elevate. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy to me. Like, this guy doesn't, no, it doesn't stop. And even with me, like, living in Norfolk for four years, one of the things that I was glad I did was tutor kids in Virginia Beach at Betty F. Williams Elementary School. And it was a program that Pharrell put together. I actually got to meet his mom. She was real nice and real cool. I'm jealous. And it was just dope that, Cause you know, we from Northern Virginia, there ain't no superstars like that. So to go down there and see what Pharrell was doing in his community and all the positive stuff he was trying to do for the hood, like even getting kids to participate in dope space and math programs and all that, like Pharrell's the man for sure. And he made the Shake Your Ass beat and the Pastor Gavassier beat. I love yeah, those songs. With Chad, masterpieces. Yeah, with Chad. I don't want to leave Chad out. And I uh, used to drive past Pusha T's Mama's Mama's projects. Yeah, all, the, mistaken, time. all so, the time. I, I I was about to say something, but I'm not going to say. I was actually in there once. but I'm Oh, yeah. Gonna... I've been in there a couple of times and had some 
shenanigans in, ensued. I dropped someone off there who I didn't know was from there. And when I dropped them off, I'm thinking, oh, we're going here to drop you off? Name the hood, man. Salute then. Also, I was saying like, whoa, so you want me to go on this side of it because your brothers are might be outside at this time? All right, get the fuck out my car so I can get <laughs> out of here. That's what I was thinking in my head. Like, oh my God. Um, I think it's called, it's Park something. I forgot. I got to remember. He, he just mentioned it. And I was like, oh, I, I was like, that's where he, he used to be at? forgot what it was called a uh, terrace something terrace ladies young terrace i think whoa <laughs> yeah i think it's called young terrace or something like that ladies i'm gonna be there at norfolk state homecoming i'm coming back daddy's home just know i'm i'm pulling up just daddy's home hey great song daddy's home um yeah it's called young terrace outro i pray for you featuring labyrinth and no malice produced by kanye and Labyrinth, I didn't need the brothers singing that long, but I get it. <laughs> Pusha goes off, his brother goes even harder. Great song. I hope we get a Clips album in the next year. I hope Chad participates because he did make the Punch Bowl be a song on the Nego album, which is Pharrell. I mean, I said Pharrell, which is a Clips song. Neptune's made the beat, so Maybe Neptunes will participate in the Clips album. I'm happy, Pusha. Hold on, wait. Neptunes made this beat? No, they made the Punchbowl beat on the Nego album. Who made this beat? Kanye and Labyrinth. Right, you can tell because you know Kanye likes that uh, gothic sound. Yeah, and, and I like I do like the organ stabs though. It was going hard. Yeah, it was not bad. But I like I like, I like that you can hear like, oh, this is Kanye. Yeah. When you hear it. How do you feel about No Malice's verse? Because he went in. Yeah, he went stupid. It makes, uh, once again, I hate comparing them, but I always think of Jay-Z when I hear him. And why he's afraid to rap with him? Yeah, because he says stuff like, um, I greet you with the hand of God, but that don't make us friends. And how he tries to tell his brother, like he looks out for his brother. And they were using the old man flow that I don't like, but they killed him. <laughs> That's the flow I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. But, um... It, it it's it's good it's great because no malice never got freaky with the flows that was his brother that was getting more freaky yeah but yeah that's that's true i listen you need that's what i'm saying i listen to all they stuff no malice always stays in his pocket but he kills it he's like scarface in that way they yeah but um, it, but they always kill it oh hot damn he went off though. yeah in his pocket but he went, his flow was kind of, it was a little, they had to do stuff on them horns. <laughs> that nigga Malice went off on that song, Hot Damn. Oh, man. But hey, if you had to give this album a score out of five, what would you give it? I would give it a four and a half. That's what I was going to say, because it's easy. It's funny. Nobody can give stuff fives. Um, the last yeah. album that I thought was five out of five was DS2. Uh, you don't like you don't think Dan was a five out of five? Four and a half out of five. Good Kid, Mad City, five out of five. To Pimp a Butterfly, maybe a four point two five out of five. I love the Dan album. It is. It's phenomenal. It's great. I love loyalty. I love um Phil, but um enough with that. But Phil's my shit. But um yeah, I'll give this album a four out of five. 
Okay, too. solid four. Yeah, it's a really good album. It's not it's not flawed really. Even the scrape it off the top is a good song. Yeah, it's not it's it's not bad because for me, Pusha saves the day with his verse. He goes in. Not gonna lie, I wish Pharrell could have had like two more songs though. It's just like, come on. Hey, man, they only wanted to do 12. If the label only pays you for 12 songs, Pusha T is only going to give you 12 songs. I like that about it, though. I like this not too much. <laughs> like the, uh, My Name Is My Name, there was like a couple, there was some fluff on there. Mm. This is not like that. My name, and my, my name is only 12 songs also, I think. Yeah, but some of them were like, kind of like, what the hell is this? Next week, we can rank Pusha's solo albums. He only has four, so I think that'll be something cool. Yeah, my name is my name is only twelve songs. Like I said, if you're only gonna pay me for twelve, I'm only giving you twelve. That's how Pusha T operates. For some Ooh. reason, I want to listen to an an exhibit album, so I'm gonna listen to one of those too. Go ahead, and I'm gonna listen to the Black Star album, the the first one, because I never heard it, because I'm not a real backpacker. It's not that's so one two three is not on that. Yeah, it's on that. Uh, I remember I used to love that video because uh, most stuff was in the passenger seat rapping. For some reason, I thought I was so cool as a kid <laughs> for him to drink water and like oh, and still rapping and then come back in after he uh, drank his water and like on flow. I used to just like that part for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Before we go, let's talk about this track list real quick. A uh, future I never liked you. 16 songs do you like the cover first of all uh, i don't really care for it it's cool him in the back seat mm-hmm. he was in the back seat but he was switching lanes yeah. i love would that it, line. would it have been better if there was a girl outside <laughs> the car window yelling and he's sleeping no i i, I think it's good enough i mean because okay. I, I saw some people add it and i was like that actually does look kind of better <laughs> Nah, we don't always have to put women around and make them like objects all the time. They're not objects, they're human beings. But people are conveying, I never liked you. Is he talking about women? Is he talking about other rappers? Is it just in general? I guess we'll find out on the album. Could be talking about fame, celebrity life. Yeah, sure. The industry, all that. But I'm excited. Friday, Um, uh, let's just go through the track list real quick. Intro seven twelve p.m. I hope it's that song with Wheezy that people were calling the snippet unstoppable. Because if it is, I'm gonna punch a wall. Track yeah. two. Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying that that time makes me very interested. Yeah, Isn't that the God Hour. Seven twenty, I believe. Specific. Oh, okay. Well, seven o'clock period is the God Hour. You know, seven. So the seven o'clock hour is the God hour. So Mm. track two, I'm that nigga. We'll see how that goes. Track three, Keep It Burning featuring Kanye. This song was originally on Down to Two. Kanye didn't have finished verses, but I liked his flow on it. Future went crazy. There was a talking head sample. I guess they couldn't clear it. So that's why it got taken off Down to Two. Seems like Future didn't care about the sample because he took the track for his album and it's track three and they shot a video for it. So this is what he's pushing as the first single. Track four for a nut featuring Gunna and Young Thug. I remember when I heard this snippet last year, 
I didn't like it as much, but it is what it is. I've noticed something about Future and Thug when it's not super slimy. They're like two kids in an elementary or middle school class that the teacher can't sit next to each other because they don't get their work done. (laughs) They have too much fun. Yeah, Four Nut is definitely going to be a song like that. You know, it's going to be like Sup Mate. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but they trying to, you know, trying to get a nut out of a young. Like they, they don't know how to, they just go in the studio and lollygag and like, (laughs) they don't get their work done. Like if I was like, like I said, if they were in a class, you would have to sit them on the opposite sides of the class because they're just going to talk and not get their work done. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a great uh, comparison, man. That's a great metaphor you use. Track five, Puffin' on Zooties. I've been oh. waiting for this song. I've been playing the snippet since I first heard it in November. Oh, my I'm goodness. A, I'm the excited. Name, the title. I just, I can't wait to listen. Puffin' on Zooties. I've been playing the snippet for you for months. You never told me it was called Puffin' on Zooties. Yeah, because the internet called it Hermes Astronaut, but it's that. I can't wait to hear him just tell me what he means. Puffin' on Zooties. He's going in. It's basically news or something part two. Oh yeah you've been telling me about that yeah that's what i'm saying i've been playing that snippet for months what's we a basically we basically bullied him the fans basically bullied him on putting it on the album because we want that whoa draymond realized he got the ball at the three-point shot and can't shoot and got out of there quick <laughs> oh i'm not supposed to have this here I'm, oh, i know i'm open but let me get, not look open and go towards the defender <laughs> but uh what's a dude <laughs> yeah he made himself not open so he wouldn't have to shoot it What's a uh, Zooty? It's marijuana. I, I know you don't know anything about that, but it's it's gas. Is it like a type of joint or something? We're going to find out. I'm not sure if it's lingo for weed or if it's a new brand of weed. I'm not sure. If it's a new strain, I don't know. Okay. Track six, Gold Stacks. I'm looking forward to that. Track seven, Wait For You featuring Drake and Tim. Seems like it's going to be a, a, a jiggy mid-tempo song. Future hasn't had a woman <laughs> as a feature on his album probably since Pluto 3D with Kelly Rowland. <laughs> so, oh, my bad. Nah, uh, the selfish, yeah, the selfish song with Rihanna Traka. But I think this song is going to be dope. I love Thames's voice, her tone, and she's fine as hell. I want her to be my boo. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to be Afrobeat-ish. It might be, and that will be cool because I've heard Future kill an afro beat before every time featuring uh it's WizKid's song featuring future mm-hmm. check it out if you never heard it dope song and since last year drake has been trying to steal Tim's from WizKid. he had her on his album and now they're doing a song with future i see you drake you're not low is drake, WizKid gonna make us wait like another year and a half another um, maybe three years you know he takes his time yeah i know track eight love you better I wonder, is he going to sample LL Cool J? I don't know. I thought about that, too. I hope he acts like him in the video, too. That would be funny. Like when he was eating an apple in the strip club. That was crazy. Yeah, or, or eating that. or going in the water with his jean shorts on and his uh, Kango. Or playing the guitar with a woman. Oh, I would, I'm looking forward to doing that in the club this summer. Yeah, me too. Oh, Misogyny, the next track. I love when his Future oh, yeah. has a massage song. Imagine My Room was not one of my favorites on Future. Why is he like, I'm get, I'm actually getting a massage on Friday. That's what's up, hey, man. I heard it's a dope lifestyle. You get to feel comfortable and relax and reset your body in a way. Yeah, it's very relaxing. Like, I, it's needed. I think people should get, like, at least five of them a year. 
I hear that. Track 10, Chickens, featuring ESTG. I've heard this snippet before. This beat is funky. I think Wheezy did it with a couple other homies. Pusha T is the king of drug dealing raps, but Future is up there too. He loves selling dope. Push, uh, Future is the, he might be the jack of it. What do you mean the jack? You said king. It's just a oh, corny, oh, oh, whoa. corny joke, corny joke. But uh, <laughs> all right. But um, I'm kind of no disrespect to ESTG, but I'm kind of upset that he's on a song with Future called Chickens. I feel like he, I don't know, he just better bring some flavor to this because this out this title. Sounds... I heard his flow. He was he switched up his flow. He was getting kind of saucy because because the, the beat, you, you the telling beat me, is funky. The beat is funky. Me, if you telling me Future has a song called Chickens, like. You gotta bring it, bro. Like you know what type of talk he's about to have on this. He's gonna go in chickens. He's about to be cooking grits and whipping up mashed potatoes. Yeah, he's going in, and he's gonna be uh fucking um, he's gonna be serving that Frank Lucas and whipping up that young Pookie. Yeah, he's gonna stuff go like in. that's about to be said. So <laughs> ESTG, you better you know what I'm saying. You gotta bring it. It's called you no know, ESTG. Loves selling fentanyl, so he's gonna he's gonna get maniacal with it. Chickens. That's such a funny name. Track 11, we just want to get high, and he's by himself. I don't need no help on this one. The ultimate, you know, for better, for worse, rap's favorite junkie, as some would say, he's going to give us another anthem about doing drugs. I wonder if it's going to be like Psychedelic Kush-esque or like mm. coding, or coding Crazy-esque. Or Xanax Damage-esque. Or Zanny family where he's having fun. You <laughs> see, that brother loves drugs too much. Cut it out, Grandpa. <laughs> I mean, nah, I'm not gonna call him a grandpa. He's 38 going on 39. That's not that old. He's still you about to turn 40, which they say you go into your you're the middle of your life. But I mean, hey, I like it. He's staying true to who he is as an artist. They all have personas, and his persona is rap's favorite junkie and trapper, basically. It could be Perky's calling-esque too. Uh, you just never know. Yeah, you don't. Track 12, Voodoo, featuring Kodak Black. I think that's going to be some gangster stuff. He had to get the young Haitian. Yeah, they're going to go in. Talk about Voodoo. I like that. And I like how he followed it up, that track 13 is Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I noticed that. I was like, well, they're getting kind of spiritual. on. Uh, yeah, he had, to, he had to get, he didn't, he, he knew. You can't be too much of a <laughs> pagan, okay? Yeah, let me bring it back and let's go back to church real quick. Track 14, The Way Things Go, The Way Things Going, should be interesting. Uh, track 15, I'm On One featuring Drake. How do you think DJ Khaled feels about this? I already had I'm On One, and Drake was on it. What are you doing, guys? Yeah, I mean, let's see if Drake can can de- can beat him on a song, finally. I think he... Because you can tell Wait For You is going to be the mid-tempo song for the ladies, not even song, just player shit, smooth vibes. And I think Amon one's going to be the tempo song they have together. Whoa, Draymond, just, what do you, <laughs> he smoked the dunk. What do you call it when you dunk and it bounces out? Is that yeah, a Yeah, he smoked it, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I just think it's cool that he's Drake's favorite collaborator. Yeah, Drake is the king of record sales and future can always use that help. And Future also helps Drake. He's written, helped write songs for him before and he loves having that energy. 
I think the way Drake described their relationship was cool about how Future has a free flowing genius that he can work quickly. And Drake is more methodical and, you know, he's more tactical. So their approaches work when they combine it and they always have great chemistry. So I'm looking forward to that. And then the outro back to back to the basics, track 16. He's also, he's also already had a song called Back to the Basics. Yeah, they're recycling. It's funny on the last two songs that <laughs> Drake, the song that Drake is on was a Drake song and then Back to the Basics is off of No Sleep. That's yeah, my but, shit. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. I'm about to listen to that too after this. How do you how do you feel about the rumors of that there might be another album called either I loved you like basically I never liked you is going to be future and then I loved you is going to be like Hendrix. How do you feel about that rumor and some people are saying that no the other album is going to be Monster 2. I don't think it's going to be Monster 2 and um I think it'll be interesting. I can tell the Valentine's Day song is going to be on I loved you. Yeah, and remember he talked about um, Babyface Ray's on the album. He's not there. He talked about, hey, if Weezy can freak these FKA twigs vocals. Mm, yep. He was in the studio with Brent Fiaz. I don't know. Oh yeah. So, yep. who knows where that stuff is? I just like that he knows how to like disappear, and then, like, I think these joints are going to do very well because I feel like people, uh kind of miss him like he makes people miss him and and he knew how to come back like i'm gonna do a double dose reminiscent of kind of what i did before right before the summer like i'm about to make it perfect and people are already eating it up yeah like they're giving him more attention than they did on high off life yeah and we back outside again so that's gonna help and it's not january i think high off life came out in january came out in may no I don't know. I felt like it was cold when I was listening to it. You might have been cold in your basement, but nah. Possibly. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this album. Um, the color scheme is interesting. Yeah, I like it. Is I'm it very... mauve? What type of purple is that? I don't know. It almost looks burgundy, but it's not burgundy. You know, yeah. men are colorblind. <laughs> so that means you're not a real man. Because oh, you can Lord. actually see the color. Thing because I can read and I can see colors. Yep, and because you can say poignant. Well, man, you still struggling. <laughs> you know, I realize I can't say familiar familiarity. Oh, my days. Slow. Take your time. Say familiar familiarity for. Is that how you say it? Familiarity. Oh my days! I'm about, I'm about to get mixed just hearing you say it over and over again. It's, is that how you say it? Familiar familiarity. How can you never help me, though? <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. Can you hear this? Familiarity. Oh, familiarity. See, there I don't like go. that. I don't like that. Familiarity. Familiarity. There you go, doggy dog. Familiarity. Hey. How come you don't use the L? I don't know, man. The caucasoids are weird with their wordplay. I want to say familiarity. I dig it. Mm. Do poignant. Poignant? Yeah, point. Oh, poignant. Yeah, let's see. Poignant. 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 There you go. Yeah, it has a Y pronunciation in it. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny to you. Yeah, man. Hey, that's the episode, man. Chabasu Convos Phonics 
101. We're going to teach you how to stunt. We're going to teach you how to ball. And we're never going to fall. And we're going to have a platinum football field, nigga. Oh, man. Now you're talking. Now that's beautiful. Hell yeah. Y'all ain't got America online in your whips. Now you don't. I'm taking it to the next level. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a mansion out of my ghetto, man. How about that? Mm. How you love that? You gonna gut out the St. Bernard projects and turn it into one big crib? Yeah, no, nah, but I'm gonna do it to Jenna Lee and Buckman Road, man. And when they pass by, they're gonna say that's where Danny Fresh live. Oh, you know it. You know it. Come on, man. And, and I'm gonna get a, bur- a burgundy helicopter. And they never seen a navigator that was green? Nah, they never did. Oh man. You're gonna catch me on St. Charles having fun too. I'm about to listen to some big timers too. I can't wait. It's about to be a big timer summer. Oh, that's that's one of my things that I always do. When it comes to the summertime, I always play my screw tapes and I always play my big timer stuff, my cash money stuff. I love 400 degrees, chop a city in the ghetto. Of course. Oh yeah, did you know that Greedo remix Flossin? Yeah, of course. Ah, they How does he know how to do that? Because he's a real soulful brother. That's what I'm saying. Greedo is my man. He really remixed Flossin. Stay Flossin and that candy paint. Flowing train. Bring my brain. I got it right here. Look at this. Yeah, you see it? Mm. It's ready. Whenever. Chop- yeah, that's Chopper Suit. Uh, chopper suit, chopper city in the ghetto. Oh man, that makes me feel like I'm creep. That album makes me feel like I'm creeping in the grass. They be having like cricket noises and shit. Whoa. Like on Block is Hot, don't it sound like a cricket in the beginning? That's Little Wayne's album, son. I know, but I'm just saying as an example, Block is Hot. He kind of has similar <laughs> sounds on Chopper City in the Ghetto. I remember my brother had that CD. Hey, I, hey, I got this on CD. I got a uh, 400 degrees on CD. I got. Hot Boys, Guerrilla Warfare, and, and Get It How You Live on CD. You know me, I, I like to buy music, so I'm going to get some more cash money stuff. Manny Fresh is my favorite producer ever. Neptune slash Pharrell's number two. But hey, man. I'm going to the NO this year. Fuck that. I miss New Orleans. I can't wait to go back. All I'm bumping is cash money and no limit. What about J Electronica and Currency? I might play some J Electronica. Um definitely gonna play some jet life but um i don't know i've been feeling very no limity probably because of los but you know i'm always a cash money uh cmb representative forever if i could ever join a record label in its prime i'm i'm fucking with cash money records i like that chain yeah i'm going to cash money i need those many fresh beats that's my favorite chain i love the no limit tank chain too though i still would do if i was a rapper i'd do an album with manny fresh right now dang and young still got it the youngest need to tap in with Manny and Zay Tiggy. Yeah, I'll do an album with Zay Tovin. I'll do an album with Manny Fresh. I'll do an album with the Neptunes if possible. I'll probably do an album with Organized Noise too. I'll probably do an album with Don Cannon. Why not? He's dope. Yes, he is. But hey, man, Chopper Suit Convos, we could talk about shit like this forever, man. You know, you can tell we really love this rap shit, but we'll highlight y'all next week when we. Next week, we'll recap the draft. We'll talk about ranking Pusha T's albums. We're going to make Jamal tell us his top five favorite artists. <laughs> and more to come, man. Stay blessed. Chopper Soup Convos, we out. Yeet!